Hello everybody, this is Dr. Donna Kelleher and I've been doing veterinary chiropractic for since 1997. I think I was certified by ABCA in 1998. Um, traveled five separate times to Moline, Illinois and um, where really I could only eat iceberg lettuce because <laughs> I'm a pretty strict vegetarian so good thing I was younger. Um, anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know a little bit more about my chiropractic background and then talk to you about a few cases and it's so nice not to be in a hurry. Um, I just up uploaded a video onto YouTube where I demo uh, three separate cases, each one a little different. The first one is um, Chuchi, a little Japanese chin that we um, has severe spondylosis and epilepsy and the chiropractic I also did acupuncture but the chiropractic really helped the little dog um, years ago and with his inflammation and pain and even though they have spondylosis um, which is technically bridging with calcium they can still respond to chiropractic um, it's just that you it's a little bit different technique but um, they still need to be able to move their backs and so what we're doing in chiropractic is really just um, trying to get the best possible movement um, given our obvious you know genetic and um, uh, sort of acquired problems so you know it's like a little Japanese chin is going to be more prone to spondylosis um, they're brachycephalic breed which means that their vertebrae are a little malformed and um, kind of like French Bulldogs they're a little bit rarer breed though but <clears throat> anyway so we've got a Japanese chin named Chuchi um, on that YouTube video we also have a dog named Jojo just an older dog with some stiffness in the front end which ended up being some lower cervical problems and you can see me doing chiropractic on that dog and then the third dog is just a young dog um, 14 months old who's a show dog it's a it's a Rhodesian Ridgeback and um, her name's Quayley and her person just wanted her she was not holding her head up um, normally and so you can see all three of these these um, cases are quite different from each other and then they're always quite different from every other case so chiropractic's a great example of customizing a treatment to meet a patient so you're not sort of trying to with Western medicine we're trying to kind of fit them in boxes you know like okay back pain okay well then we're gonna put you on medication for back pain you know and, and that's a box but in chiropractic at least in the form I practice I look for just trying to get maximum benefit from um, movement so the so the animals are able to move their bodies in in as normal a way as possible given their age and breed and so forth so yeah my first pers personal history with chiropractic is kind of interesting I um, when I went through the a IVAS course in 92 93 that's the acupuncture training that only one that was available back then and basically everyone I went whenever I was with a new practitioner teaching me about acupuncture they were always like yep you gotta learn chiropractic too especially if you're gonna do horses and it was like it was not even a if it was just a when when was I gonna be able to afford the training and so um, it wasn't really through my own personal 
back then at least, it wasn't through my own personal, um, sort of my own illnesses or my own problems that I found chiropractic. It was more, it was more through just um, talking to people and learning what the animals needed. And um, of course I was gonna do everything in my power to do those things. Again, I never had children. I only studied holistic veterinary medicine for many, many years now, still studying, still learning. Um, but anyway, so that's just, I ended up going to the ABCA training and back then it was Dr. Sharon Willoughby, who's the founder of ABCA. And she was both a veterinarian and a chiropractor, which seems like it would be great to meld those two worlds. But back then, especially as a pioneer, you know, the world's not very good or kind to pioneers. So they were very bad, I thought, treating her. I mean, she started this school for veterinarians and the chiropractors were all offended. Like, how can a veterinarian learn chiropractic in, you know, five, you know, five day sessions? And at the same time, the, she upset the veterinarians who said, there's no place for veterinary chiropractic and veterinary medicine. So she ended up losing licenses and I mean, I think kind of had a sad career in my view for a, a wonderful practitioner and pioneer like that. But, you know, I may not know the full story, but um, she's passed on now. But, but Dr. Pedro Rivera has, is a veterinarian that has a passion for chiropractic. He has Healing Oasis in Studevant, Wisconsin, where veterinarians can definitely get excellent training. And, um, and uh, there's a number of different veterinary chiropractic trainings now available through like Parker College down in Texas, which is a human chiropractic school. And um, so the, the training, the possibilities for training is a lot more than when I went through, obviously or a lot more, you know, ways to learn. Um, but the best way is, uh, once you get your certification, is really hands-on with a mentor, um, somebody who can help you see what you're looking for in the spinal health of pets. So I wanted, what I wanted to do is, um, I guess I should just finish that thought, where the ABCA, I think, trains in a very, a little bit more forced way. Um, and although you'll see, the technique I'm using on Jojo in the video, if you do go to YouTube, is um, is more like the, how the ABCA trains. Um, you know, and I started learning other types of non-forced ways of doing chiropractic. So I used activators, but you know, activators often scare animals. They make a popping sound and they animals don't always have the best response to any kind of noise because they're so sound sensitive. So I don't use activator very often. I have it in my drawer. I almost never use it. <clears throat> um, I use a combination of flotrition. Flotrition um, is a technique that Lance Wright, Dr. Lance Wright, a chiropractor down in Texas, teaches to anybody to do. So you could go down and teach, take his class if you just have animals, um, which is kind of neat to make it accessible like that. He used to teach network chiropractic at the network chiropractic school, but then he kind of branched out on his own. And Lance Wright's the most famous thing about him and his wife is that they, um, are good friends with um, Frederic McPignon and his wife Magali. And Frederic is, was famous for bringing, and his wife were famous for bringing Cavalia, the big horse show, big event, 
to North America and it really just like blew us all away. I, we've been twice and then I did two separate trainings with them. But, but his story is that his big famous horse, Templado, um, had a bone sticking out and was very lame uh, when he was in Texas. And it just so happened that the tent for the Cavalia was right next door to Lance Wright's office. So <laughs> Lance went over there and flotrition is a very soft technique. It's just, you are basically like, um, it's a very networky type technique if you know what that is. There's like 200 chiropractic techniques, you guys. So um, anyway, so flotrition and we went and take a little training on that. Um, and then I also learned Nuka, a little bit about Nuka anyway. I spent a week with Sherry Gaber and um, NUCA stands for the National Upper Chiropractic. So, uh, let's see, National Upper Chiropractic uh, Association. Is that right? Yeah. And it's basically like a way of adjusting the occiput or the back of the skull and the uh, atlas, the first cervical vertebrae. How how you can influence the rest of the spine just interacting with those two locations. Or there's. Well, there's a number of locations, but um, in a very soft technique. And so what Sherry said was, hey, you know what? You can tell if a dog's um, upper cervical is out just based on their head position. When you look at them from the front, you don't need these fancy x-rays. You can just do, uh, so I liked her technique. It's like, okay, is one eye larger? Is one eye higher up? Um, when you look at them from the front, and if you really look at dogs, you can really see Yep, you can see those atlas subluxations um, uh, just looking at the dog's head position from the front. And so she was really, really good at that. And Dr. Gaber's still in practice, I think in California and maybe in Santa Fe. So she's amazing um, if you guys ever get a chance to work with her. Um, but there are three causes for subluxations in pets and in people and in anybody with a spine. Um, the first cause is stress. So, you know, with the pandemic and how everybody is and we're all anxious and we're all on antidepressants and then after that we get anxious and we have to be on anti-anxiety. I mean, everybody's on Xanax or I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it would be funny except I think it's not good for our society to be in a spiritual position where you cannot handle anything. I mean, we have to be resilient and the resiliency uh, for for us as practitioners and to help with our patients too I just don't under, I don't I feel like our whole culture is like let us down in that way and I would love for if you guys have any comments on spiritual and just basically like resiliency for for our culture like resiliency for anxiety so you're not as anxious and depression and how do we attain that um, there's a little bit of that what I think is an answer in my book, Zen and the Art of Caring for Pets, but um, it's a side issue. Anyway, stress, that's the first cause of chiropractic problems. The second cause is toxins. And do you guys know we have 70,000 untested chemicals? I know Sean Penn did a movie on this. Um, we have a lot of chemicals. So chemical toxins, toxins are a potential issue. How are we doing with flea control medications? Those are toxins. Um, so stress and toxins and then the third one is trauma and trauma is what everyone knows about right? Everyone's like, oh, we must have had a big trauma and it could have been just that something 
terrible happened in his life. You know, maybe his best friend dog died or his person, you know, got sick or got COVID or got hauled away in a stretcher or whatever. I mean, these things affect pets and definitely affect the Atlas um, position. We can, the Atlas will can go out immediately with stress. Um, so, you know, building in resiliency into our lives, whether that looks like, you know, insight meditation, whether it looks like um, yoga, whether it looks like meditation practices, you know, um, taking a walk through the woods, having a special place where you interact with nature, um, that's a form of Taoism. These are all things we need to instill, not only in our own bodies and our own hearts, but also with our pets. Our pets can see how we take on stress, and they will often mimic it. So, something to be aware of, <laughs> not to get stressed about how we handle stress. <laughs> but anyway, chiropractic is really a really, really amazing tool. Now, there are so many techniques, you know. You can be more forced, you can be softer, but what I have found is that the softer I am, the more powerful the treatment a lot of times, especially with cats and horses. You just barely do anything. And that, it's kind of like the flotrition idea of just, you just open up pathways, um, you know, when they're blocked. And so, and so I just wanted to give a little bit of a preview. I might, if we have, if I can figure out the technology here, I might try to link the chiropractic video audio um, with what I'm saying right now. But just want to tell you guys about a few really amazing cases. Hopefully get you all excited if you're vets, um, or you can even share this podcast with you with your vet. And that is, um, over the years, I've had probably a good 15 or 20 dogs that couldn't bend their head. So basically their head is stuck in a position um, and they can't, instead of like bending their head to the left, they um, only go to the right and then they just circle back around. Um, so un unable to move their head normally from side to side. Um, and you know, one adjustment will help these cases. One adjustment. It's, it's really incredible. Um, I, I have a lot of forelimb lameness, you know, it, it kind of comes and goes. A lot of dogs that, and cats that have like, their, and, and horses, they, they're basically their shoulder, which is not, doesn't have a real joint. So the shoulder is like holding on to the rest of the spine only with muscle and ligament attachments, tendons. And so it slides around, and when it slides around, sometimes it gets kind of stuck out or stuck in inward, you know. So it can move in position and trap. Um, it can it, be, it can trap things like the bicipital bursa. We get this bicipital bursitis. A lot of the vets will diagnose that um, entrapment syndrome, and um, like there's a lot of things. Why? What can what can happen if that doesn't get addressed? But but it's really, it looks for all the world just like a lower chiropractic uh, subluxation. So C6, C5, C7. C7 is right under the scapula in most dogs or cats. Um, so harness fit and collar fit. I just can't say enough about this. Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start with it, but um, we're trying to avoid the belt collars. Those, a lot of dogs get stuck in those harnesses that pinch the shoulder they need to have full um, shoulder movement or they're going to have shoulder arthritis from the harness um, 
It can get, it can be an ill-fitted harness. It can be a, a too tight a harness. Um, prong collars. I, I actually think prong collars. Uh, obviously, if I get a lot of subluxations around C3, um, C3 is up higher, right where the collars are. Then I know that there's something going on. Either the dog's not should be in a harness and not a collar. Um, and a lot of this comes back to training. You know, did you can you train your dog not to pull? Um, work with the trainer not to pull. You know, can you teach your dog how to back up for treats? If you just treat your dog, teach your dog how to back up for treats and do it on command with maybe clicker training. And you already help the pulling so much because they're just they're just prone to pull. It help it hurts your shoulder. It hurts their shoulder. Um, and uh, yeah, um, we do chiropractic for chronic uh, cruciate problems. You know when they rupture their CCL ligament and one they have a surgery on one side. Now their spine is going to be malaligned. <clears throat> if we keep um, L2 aligned then we won't have the other knee go. So basically 90% of CCLs or cranial cruciate ruptures occur bilaterally, both back legs. And if we do chiropractic in the upper lumbar spine, then we can prevent that. That plus, you know, a raw diet and some other things really help. But I've almost never had a dog that is in my practice have blow the other knee. We basically save the other knee, which, which basically equates to saving $6,000 <laughs> or more. So those are just some of the things that I have seen um, over the years uh, repetitively and just expect to see immediate improvement from veterinary chiropractic. It's, 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 nobody's doing it. It's not taught in the vet schools. I mean, as far as I know, I would love to help do that. I mean, I, I, if, if a vet school asked me to come and teach what I know about chiropractic, I would be happy to. Of course, I feel like someone like Pedro Rivera or whatever, probably more type, like sort of have more of the science side to teach people. Because what I would just teach them is the practical side. You know, what does a spine feel like when it's out of alignment? So what you would see as a pet owner is, if you touch your dog on each side of the spine or your cat or your horse, there shouldn't be an asymmetric response. So basically, if there's twitching on one side of the spine and not twitching on the other in the exact same location, that's called fasciculations and that occurs when there's a chiropractic problem. You can run your fingers along each side of the spine and you can feel if there's any swellings on one side and not the other. A lot of times they'll get like a lipoma or an adhesion at the site of a chronic unfixed chiropractic problem. Um, your dog should be able to, and a cat, and everybody should have normal range of motion. In a dog, it's pretty easy because you can see if their spine shakes from head to toe evenly, side to side. It's like if you get them wet, you know, that kind of shake. A cat should easily be able to reach back to this tail. And one of the things we see with the spinal problems with cats, especially as they get older, is they won't reach back and clean themselves now. You have to do it for them. They used to be able to pull out like mats themselves and kind of clean themselves up, and now they can't because they don't have the spinal flexibility to do that. Um, anyway, I'd love to start a dialogue on this subject. I think spinal problems are really, really important and um, can be prevented a lot of times if you just understand all of the different little causes and um, 
and uh, yeah, help your pet age so they live a nice, healthy, long life. That's what we're all striving for. So anyway, thanks so much, guys. So all of the nerves that innervate, for example, for their bladder, for their rectum, for their GI tract, for their heart, their liver, their kidneys, their spleen, all come from here. Okay, isn't that like incredible? A lot of his problems were in the neck, but a lot of them were also here. And I think you knew that too. You could feel the spasms. Could you feel the spasms? What do you I couldn't feel the spasms, but um, you know, the when they gave me the x-rays, they said all of the ones that were bad, it seemed like they were. So the ones that, so when they x-ray and they say they're bad, so they're fused, right? It's probably pretty common in this breed. Um, that means even more we need to open up the space. It's not that you're gonna decalcify it, it's calcified in, right? It's called ventral bridging spondylosis. But what you're gonna do is you're gonna open up the space just a little bit so that the nerves can communicate better. And actually for him, this is like amazing. I mean, look at this. He doesn't have any fasciculations, twitching side to side. So I'm probably gonna just look, now I'm looking side to side, so I'm looking for lateral motion. Now I'm gonna go ahead and look for dorsal ventral motion. Does that make sense? Yes. So how well does his spine move dorsal ventrally versus, which pretty good for him. If I find something, so these guys kind of have atypical spines anyway. <laughs> You knew that, though. You're like, you paid for this? No, 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 no. no I didn't say it. Okay. So I'm just going to do a quick little subluxation. Okay, fixing here, right along. This is T13, L1, L2, right along those areas there. And there's a little bit of something going on here, so we'll just go ahead. Left, so he had a left lateral um, subluxation at T13, L1, and then he had a, a dorsal subluxation right here too. So if we were to show it on the spine, it might look something like, so right here at T13, um, T13 L1, it might look something like what I felt. Well, don't jump off, that would be bad. Um, it might feel like that for a lateral okay. subluxation and then it might feel like that for a dorsal subluxation. So you've got, it's called a posterior, um, at T13 L1, so good. And then I'm gonna check his pelvis for alignment. We're gonna check right along the, these are called tuber sacralis, super sacral uh, bones, top of the, you could tell it's the top of the, a lot of people confuse it for the hips, but the hips are actually here. <laughs> so that's the hip joint. That's where the bone feeds in. He's being really good about all this. This is a little different than usual. So we're gonna check for, I'm going to check for alignment, making sure that these two bones are even here. And also, I'm going to check for making sure that the sacrum is even here. Yeah, there's just a tiny bit out here. Um, it's a tiny bit tilted over to the left, so I'm just going to go ahead and adjust that real quick. And then at the same time, I'll just check hip flexibility and range of motion. Really important as the dogs get older that they're able to move their hips and their pelvis normally. Okay, oh that's really good. 
So I just did a few minor adjustments, but I'm really for him, he's doing really great. And we'll go ahead and um, start do a little acupuncture on it. I mean, I just can't get my mind around that sometimes. <laughs> so that's why we like to focus on this upper cervical right here, making sure that this is moving as well as it can, even so the nerves can do their job. Otherwise, because the whole thing about chiropractic is if there is a bone that's not placed correctly, then the nerves have trouble getting through. It's okay. like there's not enough room. You can see it in his face. When I, yeah, well, it's the cervical. It's the lower cervical right there in the right side. So, can you see that in his face? Let's just get that a little bit more straight. Okay, not so jammed up. How old is Jojo? I think between 10 and 12, somewhere in there. So he's getting a little bit older, but he's still a baby. Okay, I've got this one. See, he totally knows. It's like, whoa, she found the spot. I think he might have a rib out there, too. about his spine or were you saying that he was limping a little bit or he wasn't walking I, I could just tell from his gait that he wasn't comfortable yeah but he's not limping on a leg exactly he's not, just yeah, he, he's not like lifting a leg like a leg mm -hmm. is hurt and he doesn't have a clear thing like he's trying to stay let's off the leg him, okay, let's let him shake that out Jojo you want to shake that out shake it out So his, he's, but the real, kind of the biggest reason he's here is because of his skin. Yeah. yeah. Let's, um, can we shake it out? Can we shake it out? Has he been shaking his spine normally? Like at home if he gets wet? Yeah, he, he will. No, no. Okay, so he it, will. It, Maybe. Is a, it is a natural thing for him. Okay. But has he been doing it normally lately? No, I haven't noticed it. Because you want him to, you know, you want him to be, like, if he gets wet, you want him, you know that shake that they yeah. do? Yeah. Usually they'll do it when I'm done with chiropractic, too. But not if they feel uncomfortable anywhere. Yeah. So they, you know, so they should shake their full spine, their whole spine, shake it all the way down into the tail, and that should be what they do. So when they get older, sometimes they get a little arthritic or they have a little area that's sore and then they won't shake. But it's, it's a measure of, of spine health when they shake like that. So I want to give a little more information about veterinary chiropractic here. Because most people think that you can't, you know, you don't need chiropractic unless your dog's unable to get up or your cat is hobbling around. And I just want people to know that in younger animals, one of the first signs of chiropractic problems is actually a proprioceptive deficit. It's almost sometimes imperceivable. The cat that can't jump up as high as he used to be able to, or the dog that has trouble turning um, from side to side, his neck, or he trips a lot, he acts clumsy, um, and people don't realize oh, that could be a symptom of chiropractic or a spinal problem. 
that's just starting. So getting in there early is really great if you can. Most of the time the radiographs are normal and the um, even though there's spinal malalignments, the body will heal itself the best it can and compensate and transfer, often will transfer problems to a different type part of the spine. So it's important to realize it's kind of nice to nip that in the bud and not to have to have the body do all that work. But, um, I, but uh, that's sometimes difficult to find someone in your area. And then I just want to uh, have an acknowledgement to my early training, which was in the 90s. Um, I actually trained with Sharon Willoughby, who was the founder of ABCA, um, the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association. She was both a chiropractor and a veterinarian and really kind of suffered from both sides. Um, these two fields, veterinary medicine and chiropractic, they still, in my opinion, really don't understand each other um, very well. And it's unfortunate uh, on every level, but she got licenses yanked. Um, she was up against boards. People did not like it that she was more or less, you know, um, in cahoots with the other side, you know? so. It doesn't have to be this way, you know, especially these days, we can just build bridges between these different fields, and that's what I want to do here, um, and a lot of people are doing, which is great. Um, veterinary medicine it tends to be very skeptical skeptical of chiropractic, I say don't, doesn't really understand what, why someone would need chiropractic, um, which is unfortunate, um, and chiropractors tend to be skeptical of veterinary medicine. <laughs> sometimes thinking they can heal everything um, just with chiropractic. So neither one is all the way right, neither one is all the way wrong. It's really a matter of balance and understanding when there is, um, and, but yet I feel like if anything, the veterinarians really need to learn what chiropractic can offer. So the APCA is who I got certified with. Then I went and spent time with Dr. Sherry Gaber who taught uh, NUCA and still does it in California and she basically can peel the whole spine through just adjusting the upper cervical. Her dad was one of the founders of the NUCA school and um, then I want to acknowledge uh, Pedro Rivera and his wife that have the Healing Oasis in Wisconsin. They're doing a lot of good work training a lot of veterinarians to do veterinary chiropractic and other modalities which is really great. Most of the time, most people seek out veterinary chiropractic is when their older dog is stiff, limping, has a rear limb dragging, maybe dragging one side, um, a, a cat that's stiff or limping, and for horses, a pain when saddling or girthing, an uneven gait, and then tripping or klutzy behavior. Um, I mentioned that before with proprioceptive problems, but that can be very, very important here. Um, so it's, it's something that will often immediately get better. Um, the dog that can't bend its head from side to side or one side won't bend and then, you know, do a, do a little gentle chiropractic and that often will get better. So it's kind of a satisfying profession to be in <laughs> as a, for veterinarians, you do not have to give them medication. You know, you can actually heal with your hands, which I think healing with your hands for a doctor is probably as good as it gets. So, and then this is um, a little dog named Quayla, who I'm going to talk about in the next set. So, thank you so much. So, um, and it's a little bit off now, but it's not bad like it was. So the deal was with this dog is that she was in the show ring and she wasn't holding her head up. 
and they didn't like that in the show ring. <laughs> right? Her natural head carriage is up. Yeah. But she had a little bit, the Bridgebacks play a little bit hard. Yeah. So, um. So then she had an injury to her atlas, and what happened was it was crooked, basically. And she had her head. She was carrying, carrying it below, it below the horizon. And she's young. She's Nine 14, months? no, she's, 14. right now she's 14 months. Okay. But so, when, at the time, I think she was like nine or 10 months. Yeah, so what I want people to know is just some gentle chiropractic ones for a young dog like this is all they need. They don't need to keep having chiropractic. So let me just show people. Okay, let's see, and so I'm just gonna check her rest of her and so she knows she's a good girl. Um, she's such a beautiful dog. <laughs> So has she been doing better in the show ring? Um, she's a champion. She's oh. a... She's a champion at 14 months. Oh, she's a champion at... Mm, just under a year. That's crazy. Well, it's a, it's a long story. Anyway, she's a, she's a special now. And um, we just take her out selectively because she's so young, I don't want to burn her out. So she has a long career ahead of her if... Uh... Cool. Well, what I'm doing is I'm checking the atlas from side to side, front and back. I'm seeing how much space is there between the occiput and the atlas on each side. And like before, it was jammed up on one side. Yeah, it was. And now it's not. It's really, really even. And then you also want to check and see if it's rotated downward. The position of the atlas in, in, in relation to the occiput tells you how many nerves are being pinched on one side. So if the nerves are pinched, they're going to hold their heads totally differently. Um, it makes sense, right? So she's like, I'm not even sick. I don't know what you're doing. Okay, I'm going to check her. If she'll let me, I'm going to check her sacrum. Yeah. Okay, so her sacrum's a little bit off. Let's see. And I know she plays real hard. She, she plays real hard. Wait. Stay. She's a good dog, otherwise I wouldn't be back here by myself with no holding. Okay, perfect. So what we have is some left-sided, we have some left-sided subluxation through the LS region right through here on the left side. Right side, probably a little bit on the right too. So when I do chiropractic, you can't even barely see it unless you know what you're looking for. And that's the kind I like to do. Magic fingers. <laughs> so if they have parts of their nerves not functioning well in the sacrum, that's gonna affect their whole nervous system. Mm -hmm. And then we also wanna make sure that the pelvis is aligned, which see how perfect that is aligned now. So now I'm gonna go one side or the other. How you can tell if your dog has some chiropractic subluxations is that their spine will wiggle when you just touch one side, wiggle, 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 but the other side, it won't wiggle. Oh, really? So there'll be an asymmetric um, response to tactile, tactile response. So let's just do one more here. Yeah. Oh, she's. Well, no, that one she felt. That one was stronger. I know. You did good, though. Once you quailed, you were a good girl. Let's see. That's it, I think. Let me bring her over this way. I mean, I just can't. I'm so happy how her atlas held. You are so smart. You have such a strong life force.